Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it! Hello and welcome to Review Time's Theme Parkcast. This is a weekly show where we discuss all the ins and outs of attractions and parks from around the world. My name is Luke and I will be your host today as we continue our ever-expanding exploration of the Magic Kingdom, exploring Liberty Square and hopefully Fantasyland. Joining me as always is the Liberty Bell of the Ball. It's my Review Time co-host Dominic Lacey. Look, I think that there's always room for the two most prettiest bells at the ball. I think that, that you're a Liberty Bell yourself, Mr. Oh, Luke Carroll. We're, we're which, the, the Friendship Self-Esteem podcast now. Yay. Which is different <laughs> to usual because we usually just roast each other after the intros. So it's good yeah. to see positivity. Um, I don't know if this episode will stay positive, but at least it started that way. <laughs> which did you know that uh, the Liberty Bell at the Magic Kingdom is like one of the only actual Liberty Bell replicas from the original mold? Really? I yeah. like I don't know anything about the Liberty Bell. I don't Do know what know? it is, but I know it was created <laughs> from the actual mold. So I feel like with our audience being predominantly from the US that I we like, might know say the least the, of anyone yeah. listening to this of what the Liberty Bell actually is. I know it has a big crack in it mm. and the one at Disney World has the same. And yeah, the one at Disney World was casted from the exact same mold that the actual Liberty Bell was casted from. Oh wow! And that's that's pretty much the all I know about the that. same crack. Like, yeah, it has the same crack. So I don't know if they had to emulate the crack. Hmm. Do they like, like drop it, molded it, and then emulated it, or just naturally it did get the crack? I don't know how it got the crack. Yeah, maybe we're not the a mold. we're not a U.S. history based podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, we know the theme park related history of these things. U.S. Yeah. history that's not our forte. I've seen Hamilton. Uh, that's oh, about it, and apparently that's, that's not even accurate to history. Uh, something. Oh. Speaking of, have you ever listened to the Hamilton soundtrack? Of like, you know, the story behind Hamilton, right? Yeah, kind of. I, feel I haven't like seen this... it, but I know of it. Like, yeah. yeah. Have you not watched it on Disney Plus? No, I was because I I don't like shows that I have a chance of seeing live. I don't like to watch a recording as the first version I see of it. Uh, okay, that makes sense. See, I'm sort but, of in that mindset of I like to know what to expect so I can pay attention to it. Um, hmm. But that's sort of just me. It, however, it does come with the consequence of there are certain songs that I don't like. And so I will just zone yeah, out for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you're expecting them. You're like, all right, get it over and done with. Well, you hope there's like a skip button on a musical theatre production. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, we need to get done. this over and done with. Next, but please. <laughs> apparently the story behind Hamilton, like where he has an affair and then his wife finds out and then apparently he was being extorted for money, that sort of thing. Apparently there are some people who believe and... I don't know whether this is controversial mm. because, like, Ooh. Hamilton went from this sort of just a dude on a $10 bill to being, like, this <laughs> iconic figure. Um, yeah, thanks to the musical, yeah. I, apparently, he was actually embezzling funds from the US and oh. the lady that he had an affair with and the story about being extorted was made up 
as a fall for him. And so they were paid out through sort of those circumstances. They were happy to take the fall because they were having financial troubles. The other thing as well is that explains why Eliza went back to him and then sort of continued his legacy because she knew about it. She was in on it as well. Mm -hmm. And that's like, there's a school of thought that believe this. It's lost to history. We'll never know Whichever, what's true yeah, the and what's actual. not. So um, this is the the greatest showman of <laughs> political American uh, musicals. The greatest showman just had so much potential. A good movie, good songs. It's just- almost a better. It's almost a better story if it's not. If it's just about a made up character than if it mm. was actually saying that it's about Phineas T. Barnum because. Just- less about it is real than is faked. Yeah. It's (laughs) so dramatised. Especially, like, Barnum has such an interesting life. Mm. Like, you didn't need to dramatise it so much. He's a wild... Like, when you look into it, his life and his story is wild enough. And he's not a hero. (laughs) Yeah. Like, make two movies, make one, like... Yeah, make The Greatest Showman... But just make it about some random dude. Like mm. you've brought in the second character, like who uh, the Zac Efron character who doesn't even exist. So <laughs> just make the first character not even exist. Like why have the bottom name attached to it at all? I feel like you could have just had like based on such and such and people would have gotten the hint. Like I feel mm. like that's better than just being like, yes, this is said person. But you know who is a said person? Liberty Square at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Huh. I, so we talked about <laughs> last week whether we're going to talk about this attract this area for 22 minutes or not. There's not a lot. I Like the only thing, this area for Australians, the one of the two major things to do in the area probably doesn't interest most Australians. Yes. Like, um, which is have spicy. you seen HOP Hall of Presidents? I have seen Hop. Um, Hop. I yeah, decent something to do. Wouldn't it's cool. Do it again. Like the like, the text kind of like seeing that many animatronics is kind of cool. Mm. The fact that the the current president is kind of just a skin over the main animatronic, which can lead to weird looking. Character like yeah. presidents who almost look better when they're the the backseat version of themselves than the current front and center version. It That's made weird. Jo- like Joe Biden looks like the Terminator. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, like he's he's buff. Dude's been ripped. Yeah, and then the but only for some reason I've... it also made Trump look like Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> yeah, but the 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 Trump version now where he's standing back looks more accurate than the version mm. when he was front and center with all eyes on him, which I've always heard Imagineers was, some people say Imagineers were like, a, <laughs> well, there's that. We'll make him look like a, a gremlin. <laughs> like It is. It's payback. so interesting because Disney corporate is heavily right leaning. Like, mm. they are very much on the conservative side of things. But Right-leaning creative? because it means more money. Yeah. Like, not because of political affiliations, because they believe in the policies or they believe in, you know, I- political right ideals. No, just because that party means they'll get bigger tax breaks. Yeah. Like- and unions are the devil. <laughs> 
But, like, I feel then you see, like, Disney creative. They're all, like, over the other side. Yeah. Did I, like, right and left, did I get them right? I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Anyway, off politics because half the people don't want to hear about that. So uh, <laughs> we Hall don't of know enough about it either. I did Hall of Presidents, I believe, when when I went there. Amy and I didn't do it. We just yeah. Sort of so it would avoided have, it. The only version we've ever seen, therefore, would have been the um, it was the Obama version. Obama version, yeah. Mm. Which I think I might be wrong here, but I think was that the last version where. The recording used for Hall of Presidents was unique to Hall of Presidents, where I think the two since have just been grabs of their State of the Union address or whatever it's called. Yes, yeah, so it or they're essentially be... acceptance kind of oath. I think it. I d- I'm not 100 percent sure on what the name of it is because it isn't just an American political thing, but mm. they it's now like just in take into it. office. Yeah, so I believe that before uh, Donald Trump, it was like they would request a script from Mm -hmm. the president um, and the president was usually pretty obliging. They would uh, provide their own custom script. Like I remember uh, Obama's was was quite good, Uh, but then with Trump, they changed it and it's sort of stuck like that with Biden as well. And I think that's a very kind of Disney, for an attraction that obviously is so politically driven, that's Disney's way of just sitting as central as they can. It's safe. And saying, it's very now safe. Now everyone's going to have the exact same speech. Yeah. Like every single person is going to have the same speech, no matter if they're, you know, what party they're in, no matter their length of term, no matter that. Everyone's just going to have the exact same speech. Yeah. It yeah. is. There is this element of like people are starting to wise up to politics and um, sort of, especially corporations pushing mm. certain political agendas, and so I feel that it's just the safest move for Disney not to yeah. touch that because yeah. then it even it's offend both people ways. either way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't make everyone happy if you do too specific. So I feel yeah. it's a good middle ground to keep the attraction and be like, we're not making a comment. This is exactly the same. For either party, any person who's in power, this is what it's going to be, sort of thing. Um, I think this is another one where, as internationals, we don't really connect with it. But I've seen Americans, you know, real patriotic Americans, almost tear up at this show. Yeah. So it obviously strikes a chord with them. It's a very unique offering for the Magic Kingdom. Nothing else, nothing even close to this exists in any other Disney park around the world. Yeah, I would say it's the most unique attraction at the Magic Kingdom, which is a weird thing to think about. Uh, but yeah, as to Australian guys, I it's what you're saying about Tom Sawyer Island, you know, your second or third day in the Magic Kingdom. This would probably be a fourth or fifth day in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's when you've nowadays. got time to kill and your legs are a little bit tired and you're kind of like, yeah, well, I got time. <laughs> like, this isn't like... It's not meant to be it's 30 minutes offensive in for anyone. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's not our thing. Like, yeah, pres- if there they're were, not if our there Australian <laughs> Disney Park and we had the Hall of Prime Ministers, I don't think many Americans would find it entertaining. So I don't think it's being rude or offensive. Exactly. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's not for us. And that's yeah. okay. It's for other people. Fair. 
Exactly. Uh, something that is, is it- for everyone. Uh, Liberty Square Riverboat, which is their version of the the boat that takes you around the rivers of America, around Tom Sawyer Island. There's some little scenes to watch. This is another cool way to take a break. I love this sort of attraction as just a, all right, give me 20 minutes to just chill. Yeah. Absorb the atmosphere of the park. There's never a queue. You don't have to stress, you know. Just sit back, relax on the riverboat, listen to the nice old-timey man tell you what's going on. And as we were saying, this is, like, one of the best spots to get pictures of Mm. the Haunted Mansion, of uh, Big Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain, like, even just of the lands in general that are around Mm. the rivers of America. You can get some spectacular vistas from this attraction. Yeah, exactly. it's just chill. Like, it's... Yeah. (laughs) This is something I feel sets Disney apart from the rest of the industry yeah. Not many filler attractions. Yeah, but good filler attractions. Not many uh, theme parks around the world. Like I can think, maybe Dreamworld. Dreamworld used to have a riverboat, like way back in the day. Back it's when no it longer was there Disneyland anymore. Australia, essentially, <laughs> was trying to be at least. I believe that you can still see the like bottom barge of the yeah. riverboat at Dreamworld. It's like still sitting there, decaying. Where it went, the trough, essentially. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, the bottom of the boat itself. Yeah. The um, But this is one of those things where it's like, it is nowhere, like, it's nowhere near essential. You do not have to have this, but it's yeah. nice. It's really it's nice cool. to just be able to do it. And also it's it's super inclusive. Like if you're, you know, in a wheelchair or, you know, in any of those circumstances where you just want to stay sort of seated. Yeah. You don't have to transfer. You can, you can just come on on to the boat. Uh, I think there's some seats for anyone who needs to just sit back and chill. You can lean against the railing. That's what I will usually do. Lean against the railing up towards the front of the boat. You've got a nice view sort of thing. But yeah, it's a cool, it's a chill attraction. Uh, the Lucky Last ride in Liberty Square. One of the best rides in the park. I would almost say one of the best. I would maybe put this mm-hmm. not counting, just counting the interior I would almost say this is the best haunted mansion out there. <gasps> I thought you were going to say it's one of the best attractions at Walt Disney World. And look, after last episode, you forgot that we spoke about Country Bear Jamboree. So yeah, well, well, that's why I didn't say it. I wouldn't dare. Thank you. In, Thank you. Like exactly. But yeah, I think this version of um, haunted mansion. It's obviously between this and the Disneyland version. The Tokyo one seems to is still like classic opening day version yeah which has some weird dead spots uh but this they pretty much were built at the same time as the magic as disneyland version uh where this version has a few more updates it doesn't have hat box ghosts and stuff like that not pretty much weren't they like they They were were built side by side yeah Yeah. so they would essentially go ah we need to build this chair build two of them one for disneyland (laughs) and one for the magic kingdom uh, but there is stuff that since uh, the Magic Kingdom one is upgraded, like the MC Escher room. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff doesn't exist at the Disneyland version. But we could easily do 10 episodes on the Haunted Mansion. Um, yeah. The Haunted Mansion sort of... What's your quick sum up of the Haunted Mansion without going too deep into it at this point? Because we could literally talk about it for three hours. Boy, it's spooky. (laughs) Now, the the Haunted Mansion for me always sits as one of those, like, it's like walking into history. 
Yeah. Like, it's it's not scary. Well, at Ooh. least by modern... Sorry, yeah. sorry. It is... <gasps> you'll wee your pants. <laughs> by modern circumstances... The, the little pop ghost can sometimes still get me in the attic. That's true, yeah. But that's about it, yeah. It's... it's, it's yeah. It's eerie. more iconic than anything. Yeah. It's just... It's got classic sort of that Disney vibe. The atmosphere is on point. It is just a, a generally good attraction. And I feel that we would be sort of tainting it to talk about it too much because I think it would be good at some point to just go over and do sort of a deep dive, or not really a deep dive, but just to talk about all of the haunted mansions around the world because there are some fairly unique versions. Yeah. You've got three that are very close and then... Two, I guess, if you count Mystic, that just do their own complete thing. And that's mm. a good thing. But yeah, Haunted Mansion, one of the most iconic attractions in the world, I would say. The most iconic Disney attractions in the world. This is a really great version of it. Uh, that's all we have to say. We'll come back. to. We will definitely do episodes on the Haunted Mansion in the future. I'm sure of it. Which is funny because at the start when we decided to do the podcast, I remember us thinking like, oh, we're going to run out of episode ideas. <laughs> but we're 54 episodes in and we haven't even talked about the Haunted Mansion in an episode yet. So that there shows are, you there how are much we do. There are a lot of things that we can still talk about. Like I think it's going to take us an incredibly long time to run out of stuff mm. to discuss. Also, uh, if we're, what is it, episode 54? I think we went over a year's worth of podcast, which yeah, is like if you were to listen to it every ago. week, mm. that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Give ourselves a little a pat on the back. Pat oh, on the back. Pat, if pat, you start, pat. no, if you started listening this week, one a week, you'd end up a year behind by the time you got <laughs> to the end. So don't do that. Uh, the, quickly, we'll race through dining here because I've only ever eaten in one of these locations, so I don't really have much comments on any of this. So Liberty mm-hmm. Tree Tavern is a sit-down dining option, which is a uh, family-style buffet, which is uh, advertised as Thanksgiving every day. Ah. So it's that kind of American Thanksgiving feast that you... You can have um, turkey, I guess, stuffing. I don't really know what American no, I, food. I don't know much about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Which is one of my uh, best friends from Disney worked in this worked at this restaurant for like three years, and I know very little about it. So apologies to him. But uh, the other thing is Diamond Horseshoe, which is next door, sometimes uh, serves as a satellite location for Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, so serving the same food, essentially they are one restaurant that can sometimes be ran as two. Sometimes Liberty Tree Tavern offers like a lunch menu that's a la carte compared Mm. to the buffet style that they offer similar to Liberty Tree Tavern. But yeah, I've never eaten in either of those locations, so I can't tell you if the food is good or bad. Uh, one place I have eaten, Columbia Harbor House. A lot of people love Columbia Harbor House. It's essentially seafood, the closest yeah. thing you'll get to seafood at the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> it's the only place that doesn't sell loaded tater tots. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> loaded <laughs> fish tots. I don't know. They, just, they cut the fish in half, they chuck in cheese, 
and bacon and tater tots, and then they just wrap it in bread and deep fry it. There you go. That That's would a be magic a, kingdom that would meal. be a, de- a magic kingdom meal, which is I, a shame. Actually, I heard a thing recently where Disney's test kitchen, the kitchen that sort of decides everything that's sold within the the park. So the basically the hierarchy goes, you've got the Disney test kitchen, and then they dictate what the restaurants mm. sell unless said restaurant has its own chef. If it doesn't uh, have yeah, a yeah. chef, then like the chef will usually dictate what that sells. Otherwise, like, yeah, obviously Columbia Harbor House won't have a chef. It doesn't yeah. need a chef. Chefs a lot of very- the ones with chefs seem to be kind of the resort restaurants. Yeah. Or your um, specialty ones at Epcot and yeah, stuff like that. Epcot but for sure. But yeah, looking at the Columbia Harbor House, they have a lobster roll, uh, grilled I salmon. I didn't finish what I was saying. Oh, well. I was going to say that we're waiting. on our discussion of tater tot fish dogs or whatever we're talking about, <laughs> apparently Disney's test kitchen now is moving away from, like, taste first, and yeah. it's all about presentation. So all Instagram. of their food. Yeah, it's all about making it so that it looks great on camera yeah. and just disregard what it tastes like or what it's doing to your body. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also just admire that one of the, the food offerings on Columbia Harbor House's menu is called Hail to the Leaf! Exclamation mark. What? Hail to ju- the Leaf, which is a mixed greens with apples, cheddar, dried cranberry and apple vinaigrette topped with chicken strips. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Hail to the leaf, Dom. Hail to <laughs> the leaf. <laughs> this is like the one salad you can find in the Magic Kingdom. That's why no, you can called. also get a plant-based option called the Doom Burger. What? I'm guessing it's based on Doom Buggy. Yeah. It's a plant-based crab cake sandwich topped with red onion. That doesn't sound good. No. But I do <laughs> They have chicken strips served with French fries, so that's all that matters. Oh, to that's fair. Us. <laughs> now, yeah, if and the, yeah, oh well, you've got the Liberty Square Market, which, if I remember correctly, self-explanatory. This is where you get the pickles. <laughs> first, first pickle of the day. First pickle of the day. <laughs> I don't think we've ever explained what that is. Uh, first pickle of the day. Some cast members. If you, like, buy a pickle at their cart and you're the first person to buy a pickle, they will have a badge ready which says first pickle of the day. Yeah, the I'm celebrating badge, but it says I'm celebrating first pickle of the day, (laughs) which I think it might even be a thing, like, the earlier you get it, the kind of more, you know, the more... If you get in a a 7am pickle... And the cast member is like, okay, pickle of the day. Here you go. You deserve the first pickle of the day badge. But, yeah, you get the pickle here. You also get, like, fruit here. It's pretty mm. much just buckets of ice. And then anything that you can keep cold in a bucket of ice is sold here. It's basically what you throw at your child when they're getting grumpy. If you walk yeah. by and they're like, ah, I mother, I require sustenance. It's like, here, have an apple or a pear or... No, no, but this is Disney. So here, have an apple with a side of caramel dipping sauce. Here, have 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 some carrot sticks. Deep fried. (laughs) Yeah. 
some dip that makes it really unhealthy for you. <laughs> but uh, and then the lucky last dining location here is Sleepy Hollow, which has like chicken waffle sandwiches and funnel cakes. I had the chicken waffle sandwich. I, I was one. not impressed. Oh, really? I had so, it once and I thought it was decent, but again, not mind-blowing. One of my problems, so I I don't know traditionally outside of Walt Disney World what uh, chicken and waffles is meant to taste like. The way that I thought it would go is that you'd have crispy fried chicken, sort of like a little bit spicy, mm. in a waffle without any sort of like sweetness the the sweetness would come from the waffle itself i'm like those things mm. on themselves it would be like a a chicken sandwich the problem was that it was spicy but it was also like smothered in this really sweet sauce almost like a golden syrup or a yes this is america so and <laughs> It was foul. It was so bad. Like the chicken was soggy because of this sauce and it was like dripping it. Like the waffle was fine. You can't get a waffle wrong. And when you ate it just with the sauce, it it was a syrupy waffle. But why then throw spicy chicken on there? It yeah, was- see, I'm not a big, like this might be all contentious. So I know a lot of people will disagree with me here, but I don't love the whole sweet savory combination mm. thing. That you got to get it right. Like salted caramel. Don't like that. If I want something sweet, I'll have something sweet. If I want something savory, I'll have something savory. It's all about ratios, and I feel that they just they got it way wrong got it here. Wrong. I'd, I'd love to know other people's opinions because I don't know what this dish is meant to be like. I only have my interpretation from Yeah, is this Disney just World. a bad example, or is this what the dish is meant to be like mm. sort of thing? Uh, have you ever had a funnel cake? I also saw those here. I have, I think I have. I think we shared one when we went to Walt Disney World. See, I don't remember ever having one, but maybe I did. I could be just misremembering it. It's kind of just like fried dough. It's like a mm. donut, but like strings. With powdered that, sugar. Yeah, combined together. And you just kind I'm of sure. pick at it. Yeah. They're really That's bad it. for you, so they probably taste really good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like two shopping we have to Walt talk Disney about. World. The, the two most bizarre store locations in probably the entire park both exist in one land. Uh, number one, the the Christmas shop, which <laughs> is open 365 days a year. Because I, when I go to Disney in the second week of January, the thing I really want to buy is something I'm going to have to find a space to store it for 11 months because <laughs> I won't be able to get it out. <laughs> I swear Christmas takes up such a large portion of a home storage space and then things oh, come yeah. out for like two weeks and then they go away. But mm. I have a wonderful story about the Christmas shop. So you know how when you go to Hollywood Studios or you go to some of the parks, you can have a evening with an Imagineer. You can pay mm-hmm. for that. It's it's quite an expensive meal, but you get a private table in a quiet area of a restaurant. I believe at Hollywood Studios, you can go to the Brown Derby yep. and then an Imagineer will be there and you'll be able to talk to them about you know their processes and how they do all of the things that they do. And so 
you think like, oh, it's going to be Joe Roddy. Mm. It's going to be Tony Baxter. They brought him back just for me. Uh, <laughs> Every time. Mark Davis this. is there. They're coming back from the <laughs> grave. Oh, wow. And so you get like, you have this idea about what Imagine yeah, is. Yeah, what it's going to be. Now, I do need to say uh, pretty much anyone who works for Disney Creative is an Imagineer. So yes. if you are a photographer, you're an Imagineer. Congrats. If you <laughs> decide the color of stools in restaurants, you're an Imagineer. Like they just, it's sort of this overarching term of anyone who sort of has a, a say in attractions and mm. sort of the guest face in things. Now, part of that is stores. And so somebody I know booked the Imagineering dining experience thinking like, yes, I'm going to learn so much mm. about the workings of Disney. And so they got all dressed up. They were super excited. They get there and they sit down. The Imagineer's not there yet. They're like, whoa, these are oh, who's going to be? Who is I'm going to see the ear come through before the man. <laughs> it's going to be Joe Rody. They could hear jingling. It was coming down the hall. It was just, it was a couple of pots and pans that were going by on a trolley. <laughs> and, oh, no, they heard some more. It was a kid walking by with a maraca. Uh, <laughs> and, but then the Imagineer rocks up and they look at their name badge and <laughs> it was sort of that vibe of, who the hell are you? <laughs> and so they get talking about what they do. Their role was they decide what goes on the shelves at the Christmas shop. They were the stocker for oh, the Christmas shop. The top level Imagineer. <laughs> Could you Chris imagine Kringle himself? Paying like like look. They're expensive. It's like it's $120 too, yeah. Per person, per it's yeah. quite expensive. And I'm not here to diss on that person's job. They've got a, a probably a cooler job than me. They work yeah. for Disney World, like as an Imagineer. However, the Mickey Sorcerer Mickey name tag, so they're yeah. cool. It's also not what you expect. Yeah, when you book this especially I'm sure it's sold as this like meet an Imagineer. Imagineers mm. help the magic happen at magic, you know, they design the rides, they design the shows, they decide which shelf the Mickey Nutcracker goes on at the Christmas shop. <laughs> like I that's not what you expect. There was one other person, uh I there was a whole Reddit article on who had you met. And so I saw that there was one other where somebody got to meet their their job was they did the internal design for the Imagineers. So all of like the signage in that backstage huh. that you would never see, they got to meet them. So they never got to see anything that they did. They were just there, which I guess oh. you can still ask them some cool things. But I have also heard that people have gotten lucky um, and talk to some really cool Imagineers. So yeah. it's a gamble pretty much at the end of the day. The other thing as well is I've heard that if you go to Magic, uh, I believe the same thing is offered at Animal Kingdom. And if you go to Animal Kingdom and have that experience, I don't know if it is offered anymore, but apparently you were like almost guaranteed to get somebody who worked with that park. So you would get someone who either worked with animals or in attractions yeah, and stuff like that. Far Hollywood, less of a gamble anyone. than... <laughs> The person who works in the Christmas store. <laughs> Which, and I think the Christmas stories always seem so bizarre to me 
But the fact that Disneyland is opening a Christmas store on their main street like this at the moment shows that this thing must be popular. This must be making bank. And you know what well, I reckon it they is? They sell like $30 ornaments, so they only have to sell two of those and they pay for the shop for the day. <laughs> Disney ain't paying rent to themselves. So mm-hmm. I think... Pay that cast, few cast members, that's it. This would be specifically for like, you know, couples and families where it's like, oh, let's get just an ornament, like a yeah. single, like if you get two, a Mickey and Minnie, that's 60 yeah. bucks. That's like $80 mm-hmm. Australian. Then you have mum. Mum comes along or dad. Yeah. It, yeah. Whoever's in charge of the family. Or No, there's usually no one. Uh, that is the wrong <laughs> dynamic of a family. <laughs> um, but whoever's taking charge of the expenses for that day. Uh, whoever's credit out. card is linked to the magic band. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Luke, I got you an L bauble with a Mickey Mouse on the back. And, uh, and Jemima, your sister. Yeah. Uh, I got her a J and uh, Turquilica. I also got them a big T. Your family's got some dynamic names. Luke. Yeah, we, a- we're, we're all over the place with our names. Uh, but yeah, and then they'll they'll always have like the big collection of the year. So you, I reckon there'd be families who make it a, a thing where, oh, well, we went this year, we have to get the 2021. I would love to see the breakdown of the profits of this store by month. And in what short of a period do they make the majority of their profits? I wouldn't be surprised if like October, November, December, the three month period was 80% of their revenue. Mm. I live in a town like the next town over has a Christmas store and it's like it hasn't been opened all year. And I feel like it's sort of just there. They must just make so much money. In the month, they can just afford to, to be closed for the rest. Like it's kind of crazy. Wild. After Christmas, though, they didn't mow the lawns for like three months. <laughs> Legit, looked like a haunted house. It was very cool. Oh, they can be <laughs> a Halloween store as well. Uh, but the last shop, and probably one of my favorite stores in the entirety of the Magic Kingdom, is Memento Mori, which is the Haunted Mansion specific gift shop. Mm. So yeah, uh, Memento Mori opened like close to the start of my um, program. Mm. And I remember when it first was kind of still brand new, there was like a queue just to get into it. Really? It's not the biggest store in the world, but yeah, there was a queue just to go in and buy because all the merchandise within was Haunted Mansion specific. And a lot of it wasn't available anywhere else in the resort. That's one of the crazy things is like even at Disneyland, Haunted Mansion doesn't have a specific shop dedicated uh, to it. Like so a little cart outside yeah. the attraction. That's it. Yeah. So it's this is like one of the only places in the world where you can get specific Haunted Mansion merchandise. Like mm. it's crazy and you can get some pretty cool stuff. Like I've seen a shirt that has like the wallpaper and there oh, was also cool, the... Yeah. Uh, spirit jersey that I saw everywhere. Like everyone had that. The spirit ghost toast one. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that reminds me of. Well, it had on the back, like in the haunted mansion text, where you would usually have like Walt Disney World it had um, haunted mansion, but they mm. also had in the park, and I've got it, a tiki room spirit jersey Mm. but for some reason it doesn't say tiki room it says walt disney world which i thought was really cool because it's like nice to have attraction specific specific, yeah um 
that are also park specific. So if you go to Disneyland, it's kind of like being like, oh, check out where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> but That's, I, I always hate the just generic Disney merch. Why am I going to Magic Kingdom and just buying a generic Disney T-shirt with Mickey Mouse on. I want something specific to where I am. But Tom, how can we have talked about Liberty Square without talking about the Pooh River? The Pooh River? Oh, the Pooh River. How can you talk about Liberty Square without talking about everyone's favourite fact that the, the, the brown part in the middle of the pavement is meant to be reminiscent of Pooh? Oh, look, when now, there was no sewerage system. Luke, you're being too politically incorrect. It wasn't hmm. just poo. It oh, was right. wee and blood and as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was like back in those days, if there was something that you needed to get rid of, like you couldn't just, just squish it into it down the, street. the sink. <laughs> it didn't exist. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, oh, no, my brother, he has died of... Rebulism, I don't know, sounds like a something at the uh, that time. He anything di- he has died of botulism. He opened a improperly canned vegetable, uh, and now <laughs> he's dead in the 1700s. So I'm going to throw <laughs> him out the window into the street. He into is the, the street. streets problem now. <laughs> we sort like, yes. look, it's a good track record for humanity. We sort of have this idea of this is my home, I have my space. <laughs> Everything out of that space, I don't care. I'm just going to yeah. throw my dead brother out the window. See you, mate. There you go. <laughs> Do you reckon if you talk to people from this time period and were like, well, I go to the toilet in my house, they'd be, be like, like, what? Disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> there was I that throw movement. it into the street. <laughs> there was a point where it was like, you know, houses aren't, built the same as they used to be built so it's that thing of like nowadays we have everything is like it's all designed to be self-contained and yeah yeah we have moved away from communal living in a sense and but especially in the early days of australia when there was just land aplenty um Mm. that that wasn't the peoples who was building on it but that's a topic for another day um (laughs) But Probably not on this show. <laughs> not on the theme park cars. Um, but it was that sort of thing where you would have an outhouse, your toilet mm. would always be outside of your house. And so many older homes, if you go to, like, next time you're in Australia, or if you're an Australian yourself, pay attention to this. Old homes always have toilets either way towards the back of the house, mm. so, like, out near the laundry, which were usually not within the actual house itself yeah. or they were in outhouses because it was just seen as kind of gross to have your mm. toilet in your house. Like it's kind of like having a toilet in a studio apartment next to your bed. They saw it as that thing of like, ew, you poo near where you sleep. That's yeah. disgusting. I so hate that's yeah. a nice little tangent for the podcast. <laughs> But we've finished talking about Liberty Square. Now, we were going to say talk about Fantasyland, but I'm going to suggest we talk about Fantasyland, but we talk specifically about the storybook circus area, and then next episode we talk about Fantasyland proper. So we're going to walk. We're going to walk. We're going to do our walk. We're going to go from Liberty ah, Square. We've done a little walk a for tippy a tippy-tappy, tippy-tappy. We're walking um, through 
fantasy look land. Look left. down. Look at the ground. Oh, oh look Don't down. Don't look at any of these attractions. We're not talking about them. Keep I walking. See keep walking. Keep pink walking. Pink or yellow concrete. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember either. Oh, I just bumped into something. Oh, it's a it's a pole for a sign. I'm looking at the <laughs> sign, and the sign says Storybook Circus. Look, are we I'll follow here? that sign. We're following that oh, sign. Okay. Oh, we've made it. We're at the Storybook Circus area, which used to be Mickey's Toontown Fair, and then with the big new Fantasyland expansion, kind of half got rethemed, and then half was left as big tents. This is. Just the part of the Magic Kingdom that you forget exists. <laughs> but you can't forget it exists, Dom, because it's got D- Dumbo, the dual Dumbo, which, Dom, can adults play on the play equipment? <laughs> so, so Luke and I, in uh, 2015, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we're... Well, yeah, sometimes people would say little theme park boys. When we went in oh, 2015, we were... Big theme Big. park boys. We were like, mm, give me the triple burger. <laughs> you know, the, the reason Dom hates the idea of loaded data tots so much is 2015. We just lived on tater, posted twi- t- whatever I said before. <laughs> you know, the little potato gems uh, inside of a tater tot, like the, the tiny little cubes of yeah, potato. Yeah, squares. Yeah, that was my blood. Um, I went back Whoa. home. I and see I, why you you don't like them anymore. <laughs> the doctor yeah. said so, I'm sure. Doctor did a blood test and like pulled out the needle and there was just tater tot. So I'm um, oh, not allowed to have them anymore. It's one of those. Yeah, that's understandable. I only hate them because I can't have them. So it's kind of <laughs> like the kid who hates Coke, but he's actually, his dentist told him not to drink the, because he's got braces. Uh, that's yeah, a very fair. specific story. <laughs> so, so Jewel Dumbo. We yeah, go yeah. here and we're we're big boys and we walk in Hello. and we've got a did did we have a fast pass for this? Uh, I remember it being late, so we probably just walked in. Yeah, because if you have fast pass, I don't think you you go into that area. Oh, you get like a buzzer thing, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of like a yeah. So we go into this circus, and I think the idea is that for adults, you know. You go in here, you grab your ticket, and you find somewhere to sit down. Yeah, it's or... like a virtual queue, but contained within a specific area. But do you, Walt's wise words, uh, <laughs> it's bad to be childish, it's good to be childlike. I just slaughtered that quote. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what he said, my favourite quote. <laughs> He said, uh, if you act like a child, you're an idiot, but don't forget the child inside your heart. Uh, exactly yep. what he said. Exactly. Spot on. <laughs> So we go into this circus tent and we see like there's a playground and we turn to this cast member who's there like it sort of looks like they're guarding it to a degree. And yeah. we, we just like on the side like lean in. We're like, hey, is there, is there an age limit for this? Yeah. Can and she looks back at us in that? <laughs> like kind of confused. And he's just like, no. And so we just walk in. <laughs> we're just like. We're going I would through say this. We almost had more fun in the playground than actually on Dumbo. I don't like, remember the playground's pretty Dumbo. Fun. I remember <laughs> the playground. Like we're going through the the net area. We're like yeah. climbing up things. It was we we're playing. We we're, we're kids again. It we're was like, a shame when the buzzer went off and we had to go ride the up mm, down Dumbo trying to get the airtime. <laughs> and we were like 
kicking kids off because this was our playground now. Then we had security come in. We had to fend them off. And then we uh, blockaded within the circus for 22 days. It was a whole thing. But uh, Disney erased that from history. So It never happened. Never happened. But, yeah, uh, we've got the dual Dumbo here, which is only good for the reason that, yeah, it has this kind of interactive queue where you don't just wait in a line. And there's also two of them. So the capacity is doubled over the normal woeful capacity of a Dumbo Mm. ride, which has just become a staple of Disney theme parks. Did you know Dumbo was originally meant to be pink and reminiscent of Pink Elephants on Parade when it opened? Really? But they didn't want an attraction based off essentially a drug-induced coma. So that's why they were instead painted grey and given different hats. I can imagine that a lot of Imagineers back in those days, like, when you look into old Imagineering, it was essentially a gentleman's club where they oh, were yeah. like, let's go Boys to the club. gym and drink absinthe. And I'm sure <laughs> that they all knew exactly what the pink elephant was because yeah. it, it was just those times, you know. Yeah. They were snorting cocaine of Walt Disney's <laughs> nipples. <laughs> it's just what yep. they did. I'm not judging them. It's just them. the it times, the time. okay, guys. It's just the time. <laughs> they have a warning. Like, there's a picture in Main Street, like, right behind guest services, and it's all the Imagineers, like, Walt Disney's chest. And they're just like, sorry, we can't remove it. It's historic. <laughs> it's part of the, you know, it's part of the, <laughs> the history of the place. <laughs> but, yeah, this... It, I, I like Dumbo, but only if it's in a good spot. Uh, this, I feel there's nothing to see. Yeah, I like the one at Disneyland where it's in kind of the middle of Fantasyland. So yeah. you can see a lot. Well, yeah, this one, because it got moved over here, remember, when they made those big changes and that's when I got the double. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's Dumbo. It's Dumbo. So that's all we need to say on that. We'll chat about uh, something that's kind of unique, but at the same time, kind of not, because there's a thousand rides in the world that have the exact same layout, is the Barnstormer, Mm. which is essentially the first coaster for your kid. If you're going to take your kid to the Magic Kingdom, the first kind of coaster they could realistically go on is probably going to be the Barnstormer. Such a good idea as well. Yeah. Because from what I remember, my first experience with a roller coaster was the Barnstormer. And at 89 centimetres tall, like, that's less than a metre. You you could put a ham on that. Even stuff like Seven Dwarves is, you know, 10 centimetres taller than that. And that's Mm. not really a thrilling, you know, experience. So this is pretty short and it's just a, Kids coaster with kind of a theme to Goofy being a stunt pilot. <laughs> yeah. It's it's cool. There's a point where you fly through the barn, um, and if mm. it's Florida, so there's often a storm. A barnstormer. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the name comes from. Uh, but, Else? Yeah, it's got fast pass for some yep. reason. <laughs> so the queue is usually longer than it needs to be because it has one train and fast pass. I anyway. too, yeah. It like look, it's just a kids coaster. Um, yeah. it's one of those one of those things. And it's uh, one thing it's that decent. I don't know if it's it's reopened yet. Is the Casey Junior Splash and Play area <gasps> the best? Which, we've talked about splash zones before, I'm sure, on this show. But they just look miserable to me. Yeah. What? And the parents, is that, I am not a parent, obviously, 
but I don't see how making your kid drenched is going to end up in a positive for you at the end of the day. Like having a dripping wet kid just seems like a miserable experience to me. Look, I'm not a parent, um, but I feel like it would be that thing where it's an ultimatum. I'd, I'd lean down to my child and I'd be like, son or daughter <laughs> or non-gendered child, do you want to get drenched? And they'd be like, yes, papa. I'd be like, okay, but this is at your own expense. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Sometimes you go on rides and you get wet, but you don't just get kids in soak zones just seem to be like getting wet is a challenge. Like they may as well just jump in a pool with their clothes on. It's not like Splash Mountain where your <laughs> shirt might get a few drips on it. They'll just, there'll be a water jet and a kid will just stand in front of it and just let it soak them. It must, I'm sure dumb. maybe as a kid, I probably thought that would have been fun too. But as an adult, I just look at that and go, that must be miserable for the kid and the parent as soon as they leave this area. Look, adults uh, have this concept of object permanence. Uh, <laughs> it is this concept in which if you do an action or if you have a thing, then it's just not going to go away if you want it to go away. <laughs> now, kids, they have these magical things called parents who solve all of their problems. I wish, look, <laughs> I have parents, but I've hit an age where they can't solve all of my problems. I, I wish they could, because that'd be really nice. But <laughs> kids, I swear, they're just like, I'm going to do this dumb thing. I'm going to go and get absolutely drenched. And in five minutes, it's going to make me miserable. I'm going to regret That's- this decision. <laughs> Ever. And I feel it's a lot of that thing with parents where this is the sort of thing where it's at the end of the day, the kids just ask for 10,000 things. And this is the one where the parent, they don't necessarily think in, you know, 10 minutes time where they got a drip and wet kid, but this is the one where they're just like, oh, fine, do it. Yeah. And then just go. Which you don't blame them. It's just weird to me that they do put these there, sort of things in theme parks. There is the circumstance I get. And I feel that if you were to prepare for this, then it would be okay. I do yeah. see a lot of like toddlers in that in these splash pads because yeah. like what else can they do? <laughs> so yeah. it's sort of that thing where it's like, oh, no you've got limit. A, a three or four year old, chuck them in the splash pad. They'll have a wonderful time. Well, they, and you just know, their brother's riding. Barnstormer. The barnstormer, yeah. And like give them a fresh set of clothes and a bring a towel and you're all good to go. Like it's Florida. Bring those things yeah. anyway. <laughs> I reckon now here here comes a a a take that people may or may not agree oh, with. Is it maybe a lo- Disney puts these in because they know it's gonna make the parents more likely to buy kids' clothes when they get Ooh. drenched or towels. Luke, you are naughty. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, this is exactly why also the Walt Disney World is in Florida. <laughs> because you get drenched through the day just from the storms. Sweat. You have to I, take, oh, yeah, storms too. Look, I guarantee, like, I'll proposition the question to you. Do you have merchandise that was specifically purchased because of circumstances in which you needed to change out of your clothes. 
Yeah, from uh, I have a T-shirt from Grizzly River Run at Disney California Adventure. <laughs> they know what they're reason. doing. In like two, and that was in two thousand eight when I went. When I was and at- just got absolutely demolished, and it was kind of in, it was in uh, May, so it wasn't you know super hot, but it wasn't yeah. cold. It was just that weather where you in California May, if you get drenched, you're not drying. For the yeah. day, you're dread- that you're wet. That's it. <laughs> I think I've spoken about this story before about the time that I went on Slinky Dog Spin at Hong Kong Disneyland mm, Hong Kong. and ended up like wetter than I have Demolished. ever been in my <laughs> life. Like it was as if I had just gone into a bath because it was at like eight fifty-five p.m. Park closes at nine. There's no one else in this park, but here comes this heavy Caucasian dude to sit on a kid's ride and now the weight's unequally distributed. <laughs> so they're not <laughs> oh, going to no. move me. They wait for people to get on the ride. So I get, like, a storm comes <sighs> over. I get drenched. And so I walk into the um, <laughs> Mystic Manor gift shop. Someone hands me a towel. That was nice. Um, but then I was expected to fend for myself for a shirt. So I ended up getting a shirt, which I still have to this day. It was a maybe, maybe did I reckon maybe they decided to build in Florida not because of the cheap land accessibility, mm. but the extra t shirts they would sell from the rain. Have you ever noticed maybe? that most we'll Disney know. parks are in a semi tropical area? Mm. Think about mm. it. Dun, dun. I think Paris. there's only like two. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think Hong Kong, Japan, and Florida, all tropical. With Shanghai, from what I've heard, is like. Kind of similar to Australian weather. It's in a similar spot, just on yeah, the northern hemisphere. The other side. So, um, but the uh, one last thing in this area that isn't currently open is Pete's Silly Sideshow, which is just a chance to meet a number of Disney characters in cool costumes. Mm. Have That's you ever it. noticed a sort of tradition within Disney theme parks where it's like, oh, you want to meet classic, authentic Mickey or Donald or anything like that? Then you better be waiting an hour and a half or you better pay. (laughs) Yeah, they they don't, like, I don't remember the last time you could meet, you know, just Mickey in his Mm. red tuxedo, you know, the black tuck with the bow, the classic Mickey costume that you always think of, or Minnie in her red polka dot dress. It just doesn't, you know, I don't really see that that often. It used to happen all the time in Main Street at Hong yeah. Kong Disneyland, like under the yeah. gazebo. That was a really sort of prominent place. And I think yeah. the same thing happens at Disneyland. Disneyland. And then Toontown at Disneyland will have yeah. quite a few as well. But it's usually like the areas where you can actually go and meet certain characters. It's often things like, say, at Animal Kingdom, you've got specific yeah, uh, Safari Mickey and Minnie Though, Which it's people cool. love because it's one of the few places you can get Mickey and Minnie together in one photo. Yeah, it was a very cool experience. Mm. And I feel like the um, no one plays them. They are real people. I mean, real characters. Uh, they There's only one Mickey. They vibe off each other as well. There's, a, there's only one Mickey, though. There is. I remember, so there's this big area out the back of Fantasyland at Hong Kong Disneyland, which is just for getting photos. I remember you mm. seeing it and being like, this is very bizarre. Like, because it's, yeah. like, this is just, it's Literally sort of designed seven yeah. gazebos 
and then you can just meet the classic characters. Yeah. But there's like this bell that rings to basically signify like, okay, character shift is done. They all mm. sort of do this like little parade. Like they'll literally just leave, even if you're the next person. Um, and then they'll be like, oh, da, 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 da. they'll walk away. They'll walk behind a bush. And then suddenly they'll all come out again. Five seconds it's later. Like, I'm back. Oh, oh, I had my break. <laughs> they just had to freshen up. It's not even five yeah. minutes. It's literally like five seconds. Yeah, 30 <laughs> seconds. They'll go out and then come back. And <laughs> every now so. and then they have face characters. Like I think they had Elsa there once. Oh, that, yeah. It was like a completely different person. Hey, guys, I'm back. It's me, Elsa. Good I got Elsa here. Elsa, why do you have a beard now? Oh, yes. Budget cuts. <laughs> Bob And Japan. then lucky last thing, uh, Big Top Souvenirs, which is just uh, they have popcorn and candy apples in the middle and then the same exact merchandise you can get anywhere else in the park. Neat. But yeah, that that's gonna probably do it for this episode. Until we brave Fantasyland. <laughs> yeah, we kind of skimmed over it because Fantasyland is an absolute beast of a land, and so is Tomorrowland. We will do Fantasyland not next week. Not next week because next week is gonna be uh, re- review times theme spook cast Whoa. where we'll have a special Halloween episode of the review times theme park cast. So make sure you tune in for that, and then in November we will finish up the Magic Kingdoms, which was meant to be a celebration of their fiftieth. This series might go on as long as the actual fiftieth, eighteen months. But who knows? <laughs> I think most parks we've managed to get through them in like three episodes. We are four episodes. Imagine Disneyland. (laughs) Disneyland Park has more attractions. Oh man, we that should be like our one hundredth special. One hundred to one hundred and twentieth (laughs) episode. What's that theme park uh, podcast, The Ride? They have a special which is like eighteen episodes on City Walk. City Walk, yeah. They also do Haunted Mansion every year, I think, but mm. they do like one episode a year and then like they just won't touch it again if they don't finish it. Good. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> so that'll be our series on Disneyland. But Tom, any last thoughts on Liberty Square or skip, 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 skip over to uh, Storybook Circus? They're both the least memorable parts of the Magic Kingdom. How dare you diss the Pooh River like that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, the Liberty Square to me as well it has one of my favourite attractions in the park. I've worked in that area when I used to work on West Side, but apart from the Haunted Mansion and Memento Mori, I have no real connection to that land at all. Yeah. It's, I don't know, there's something about that land. I, I don't think we've really talked about the land as a whole all that much. Uh, but for me, you go into it and it's kind of like, neat. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, if you look into it, there is actually a lot of there's a lot going on from the transition from Frontierland to Liberty Square towards the Haunted Mansion is actually like a transition in time. Yeah. And if you look at the buildings, they're actually like getting as you go towards the Magic Kingdom are getting progressively more built and ornate and stuff. And that's how you've got that. The, you know, how the Haunted Mansion, where it is, makes sense in the style that it has, even though it's not technically should fit in with the time period of Liberty Square. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff like that. 
for Liberty Square. But yeah, the fact that it only has, you know, Hall of Presidents, the Riverboat and Haunted Mansion, one of which we don't really connect with as Australians, one of which is an awesome but just chill transport ride that takes you back to the same spot, and then the Mm. Haunted Mansion, which is the standout here. But where it is right up in the corner almost feels like it's in its own little land. Yeah. Rather than, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Haunted Mansion has never felt to me as if it fits in Liberty Square. Remember, Haunted Mansion's the only attraction that's in a different land in every single version of that ride. True. Yeah. Thank you for that fun fact. Tidbit that will wrap up this week's episode of Review Time's Theme Park Cast. We're quite a few into the Magic Kingdom series now, so if you'd like to give us any comments about it or about anything else, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at ReviewTimeLuke. You can get in contact with me at ReviewTimeTom. You can find us both at TimeReview or at ReviewTime everywhere else. Make sure to tune in next week for our Review Times theme spook cast. Our special Halloween episode. There'll also be a special Halloween episode of the regular Review Time YouTube show coming up next week as well. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Well, welcome, foolish listeners. No, that's no, the s- wrong episode. That's next spoilers. week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Review Time's theme park cast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. A big shout out goes to our newest patron, Brendan Gardiner. Long-term Patreon, Thomas Miller. And to you, the listener. Review Time's theme park cast will be back next week.